You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bot and Megan Gesner. Welcome back, Poison Pals. This is going to be Megan's story today, but before we get into her story, we have an excited announcement that if you follow us on Instagram, you've already seen, but we officially have merch. Woo, 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 woo. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited. We worked hard on figuring out a good design that we would pay for, and mm-hmm. I love them. I know Megan loves them. I'll let her speak mm-hmm. to it. A little bit later, but they're yeah. so glossy, luxurious, mm. good, hard enamel mm. pants. Oh yeah, delicious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the glossy was the part that I'm obsessed with. Like, yeah, I, I have not actually physically touched these pins yet. They will be shipped to me shortly, so I can distribute yes. locally and all that. But based on the photos that Harini sent, she like tilted them in the light, and there's just like <laughs> this golden shine that like rolls across it as oh, just gorgeous. you know just glows in the light and um i'm very excited and i'm extra excited because um one of the reasons why i was so down for us creating pins as one of our first merch is big shout out to my neighbor rob ex-neighbor like we live in separate areas now but rob is a you know shout out to rob he's always listening and supporting Mm -hmm. us and um when we were early in our podcast uh he came over one day and he was like hey i got this pin for you oh or and it was so sweet and the pin was like this it's just gold it's just like straight yeah. gold but with like an etching in it but mm-hmm. it's this gold rose in a little vial that has like a poison like a skull and crossbones on it so and it was cool. like i thought of you when i saw this so i got it for you and i wear it on my black denim jacket every Love single it. time it's like the prettiest yep. pin and i it just Beautiful. So um, when Harini showed me the mock-up of these pins, I was like, I want it to match almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one that Rob gave me. I mean, they're, they are different, but it's yeah. like simple. It's minimalist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a great design. Um, it's not too flashy, but it's no. like, it just looks rich with that gold it and does. black. Yeah. So. It's very classic, very yes, luxe, very classy. as we said. And mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a mushroom design? And who doesn't love some yes. like, black and gold inlay? Oh, right. so good. So. so we're very excited. And you can get those. Those are available for purchase. I will say there is a limited supply for now just because we, we're just feeling out and testing the waters and on what people like and going from there. So if you do want to get it, I would suggest on hopping that hopping on that right now. You can get them on our website at www.thedeadlydose.com. All right, that's enough business. <laughs> well, I'll just say one thing. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, so speaking of the Patreon account and watching reaction videos, this is not necessarily a episode that we did that would translate to something that is now in pop culture, but mm-hmm. I this is going to be sort of my um, antidote as well, I suppose, but mm-hmm. I have come across the most delightful show that I think that you and I should watch together, Megan. Whether we record okay, it or okay. not, it doesn't matter, but we should definitely watch it together. Um, I don't think you have Apple TV, is my assumption. I don't. I unsubscribed to Apple okay. TV a while ago. I just wasn't using it enough. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Did you just, like, use it to watch Ted Lasso? 
Not even. What did I use it for? <laughs> oh, I wanted to watch. What's that one show that your brother and um... Severance? No, no. Uh, it's the science fiction one with Lee Pace. Oh yes, yes, Hottie that five Lee Pace. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I that one. Oh God, I know what you're talking about. It's by the guy know. who whose books inspired the Om Shinrikyo cult. <laughs> what is it? Is it Foundation? Foundation, Foundation. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep, it's Foundation. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I tried to watch that. And that's actually when I was also listening to your brother and Zwitha's podcast. And uh, and then I yeah. just, honestly, the show, I lost interest in the show. And I was like, I can't keep up. It's maybe, really? I'll, I don't know. I don't know if I'll retry to watch it. But yeah. Before we get into the rest of the episode, if you've been enjoying our content so far, please go rate and review us wherever you might be listening from or don't. Just keep on hanging with us. All right. On to the rest of the episode. Anyways, so you do not have Apple TV, and that is okay. I have Apple TV. So I I needed a show to watch, like a brand new show to watch uh, going mm-hmm. to Europe, because I'll probably watch a whole season on the way over there and on the way back. So yes, yes. there's a new show called Bad Sisters on Apple TV. And my God, what a delight of a show. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard of Bad Sisters. I'm so not in the Apple TV no. I will say like Apple TV is the kind of world where you'll probably see a lot of people you haven't seen before. Like you'll kind of get like your highlights of like your usual cast of characters that we all know and love. But I think it's like a nice jumping off point for maybe people who are new in the industry or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These people are not new. Um, Do you know who Sharon Hogan is? I don't, but I'm looking at her face right now. She's from my big fat Greek. No, she's not. Sorry. That's a very far away photo. So... She's like the only person that I've seen that like looks remotely familiar to me. Yeah, she's yeah. I think everyone is new for me at least. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a show that's set in Ireland, so these are all Irish gals, uh, okay. and these four girls, they're sisters, uh, as you can tell by Bad uh-huh. Sisters. It's it's actually five of them. There's five sisters, but it's mostly surrounding the four and the, okay. the basic premise without really giving anything away. Cause this is in the trailer. Um, their fifth sister is, is married to the, the scum of the earth man and okay. just he personified piece of trash. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they all hate him. Like he's, uh-huh. he's just mentally abusive and all kinds of things mm. just goes on. And it's not just towards his wife. It's towards, everyone that he interacts with including the sisters like he they each have a motive to want to kill him but the show starts out he's dead like he's in a coffin and then it kind of like backtracks to like how he died how Um, the story unfolds yeah exactly sounds like a who's done it is it one of the sisters were they all in on it it's not even like a it's interesting it's like not even a who done it because they they kind of establish right from the get-go that the the sisters want to kill him yeah yeah so okay. they have a plan to kill him, and he's dead, but you don't know how yeah. they kill him. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, so they did it. <laughs> so they did it. No spoilers, guys. <laughs> There's no spoilers. Like, they, they did it, but you're just like, wait, how did it happen, you know? Okay, um, okay. 
Uh, anyways, it's it's very heartfelt. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. Like one of the sisters, as you can see, has an eye patch, <laughs> uh-huh, and she's uh-huh. just like everyone's just like badass in their own way. It makes me want sisters, which Megan you already have a sister, I but totally uh, <laughs> it makes me want to have a big family um, right, around right. me at all times. But yeah, it's yes. so freaking delightful. And uh, one of the episodes, of course, they try to use poison. So it's oh, fun. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. It's yeah, so fun. About that in a different... <laughs> is it a poison that we've covered before? Or does it even... No, but it's a poison we we know well of. Actually, it's a oh, okay. poison that is on our pin. <laughs> oh, snap. Okay. 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 Rad. Okay. Well, thank you for um, inspiring me to maybe download the Apple TV again. <laughs> or just wait for me to come home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. You can. I'll just watch. I'll binge off of your, your account. Love it. All right. Now we can get into the story. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my story today is just fun and silly and... Um, there will probably be lots of spoilers ahead if you have never watched this show before. However, I think a lot of people watched the show. Some people didn't because it was high fantasy. is just not their thing. Sure. Um, but uh, Harini and I, we actually had a little conversation about this before we recorded. But here's your hint <laughs> as to what we'll be talking about today. Okay. So yeah. Um no wonder. So I was like, <laughs> why is she randomly asking? Me? I was just like, uh, you know, okay, so I had texted Harini before this, like a couple hours before this. I was like, have you watched Game of Thrones? And I knew that she did. Like it but it was one of those memories that just totally blipped from my mind because when I yeah. said Game of Thrones, I truly meant like the original series on HBO Max, not right. like House of Dragons. Obviously, House of Dragons yeah. has just dropped. Mm-hmm. That's actually the inspo for this episode because some stuff came up in house of dragons that i wanted to touch on mm. and to talk about but um yeah i just game of thrones has come out and had been completed for a while now right um so i just like forgot i was like has harini watched it because harini as we know she does like things that are a little bit spooky mm-hmm. or like a little bit thriller gets you on the edge of your seat yeah. and makes you uncomfortable but i wasn't sure if game of thrones fell into that bucket for oh, you yeah. And then right when you – oh, it does. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It oh, no. doesn't. Okay, okay. And no. then right when I asked and you answered, yeah, and I read the books too, I was like, oh, my God, duh. I remember when I w- when we- when it was actually airing on yeah. TV or in- on, you know, streaming, I guess. Right. Um, you you would talk to me about like, oh, yeah, like I already know what happens in the books. I know what's <laughs> going to happen next. Like Dave and I have been looking at like the, the lineage and yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that's right. Like all the memories came flooding back that – you were a big GOT yeah. follower. Enthusiast. Oh, yeah, definitely. The books are so. very – I know they're, it's so controversial. Some people hate them. Some people love them. Yeah. I really like it. I think yeah. he's a good writer. So. Yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, yeah, like whatever. Like, yeah, you're entitled to that. That's If you enjoyed it, yeah. you enjoyed it. You know, I don't read, so like I don't know. <laughs> I'll read um, to you. I'll read it to you, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me. I'll, I'll go to sleep to your voice. I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, the reason why I wanted to do an episode on, like, just the fun. Like, this is all fantasy. It's all fantasy. <laughs> so cool. But um, there's lots of poisons that are mentioned in Dude. the Game of Thrones universe, George R.R. Yeah. R. Martin's universe. And um, what inspired me today to talk about just this 
world in general is I have been watching House of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of feelings in terms of I do fall in that camp of I thought Game of Thrones did not end strongly. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very popular opinion. I know some people yeah. don't really care and that's fine. But, you know, I was just like, oh, I, I don't think it ended that well. Um, so co- coming to House and Dragons, I was like, all right, let's see how it is. Obviously, it's different. It's different um, showrunners, different directors and writers and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. screenplay writers. Um, so uh, going into it, I was a little bit, you know, not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> And it definitely, it pulled me in the first episode, and that's always a good sign. So I was like, yeah. all right, all right, I'm into it. I'm watching it. It's good, it's good. So um, two things. Okay, in terms of House of Dragons, I will try not to spoil too much, but there will be spoilers in essence. But <laughs> if, if, if in terms of the Game of Thrones, the original series mm-hmm. and parts of the books, mm-hmm. um, there will definitely be spoilers there because that series yeah. has already ended. It's been so out, like, guys. if you haven't watched it and you don't want spoilers, then don't listen to this episode at all. Yeah. If you don't give a shit. Sorry. Language. <laughs> if you don't care, <laughs> then listen. Yeah. Um, but I'll try to be very light with the spoilers on in House of Dragons. So anyway, in House of Dragons, there's only been, what, five episodes that have dropped so far? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in the first episode... They mention milk of poppy. Mm, yes, there's there's a there is a childbearing scene, and yeah. they mention like give her more milk of poppy, give more milk of poppy, and the meister is like, is it meister or septa? meister 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 <laughs> the maestro meister is like a monster. <laughs> the maester is like, we can't give her more milk of poppy without endangering the child, mm. and I was like is milk of poppy a real thing? Yeah. And it sounds like a real thing because mm-hmm. like that would make sense. Like it sounds like some sort of opium, like yeah. O- opium. Yeah. So I did do a Google search Lovely. and there's only one source that I found that wasn't a Game of Thrones source. Like I even oh. went to Google Scholar, mind wow. you. And nothing showed up of like history and milk of poppy, like how that language being used. Yeah. There's only one source non-affiliated with game of thrones that was actually like a uh i don't know it was it was a blog about two different types of poppies yeah um and they did say that it was prescribed liberally for centuries for virtually any ill although evidence has has been found to suggest its use since prehistory the ancient greeks gave rise to a more familiar name for the poppy sap also known as opium Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. it's believed that since ancient greece it was called opium like milk of poppy probably wasn't actually a term that was used Hmm. but again like if someone can find more historically accurate sources that would be great but like what i'm trying to say here is i think like george r R. martin kind of like (laughs) made up the word milk of poppy um now, now that is to say it could be made up but heavily inspired by languages that translate like poppy milk. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in Germany, there's the word milksaft. Um, Milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> almost M-I-L-C-H-S-A-F-T. And then there's milksap, in, that's Dutch. Mm. Um, and that all roughly translates to milk juice, um, referring to the poppy flower. Um and and in many uh, languages, co- translations, when you do um, 
Lance, the poppy yeah. bulb, mm-hmm. right? Because I think you talked about this in an episode way back when we talked about opium, probably yeah. in our um, OxyCoffin series. Right. Um, how you get opium is it's not from the petals. It's not from, you know, the bul- um, blossoming bulb. It's from the bulb that's unblossomed, essentially, mm-hmm. and you lance it. Mm-hmm. And the milk that comes out of it carries the morphine that then is turned into opium. Yeah. How we know opium now is that milk, and in English, we actually call it latex. Medicinally, we call it the latex, mm-hmm. um, is dried, and that becomes the opium. So dried version is the opium. Okay. But when it's in the liquid form, it's latex, it's milk, and that's called the milk juice or the poppy juice or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in terms of um, medicinal history, yes, that type of the liquid form of it has been used for centuries. Um, mm-hmm. And its addictiveness has actually been known for centuries, knowing yeah. that like the abuse of it can happen or if you take too much, that's a bad thing. Right, right. All that. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to be so convinced of like, oh, milk of the poppy sounds like a very reasonable terminology for something. It must be a real thing. Let me Google yeah. it. And then it's just all Game of Thrones references. <laughs> I did not realize that because, I mean, I had never once thought for a second that it would be fake in the mm-hmm. sense of like the terminology. It does not right. have any basis in actual history. Because when right. I heard – whenever they talk about this, because it's not the first time that they've talked about milk with poppy, milk with poppy. Right. It doesn't just feature in House of Dragons. Game of no. Thrones talks about it too. Yeah. So whenever it's been brought up, I'm like, oh, yeah, like they're talking about opioids, they're talking about opium, right. the poppy seed, whatever. But right. not the poppy seed, but from the poppy flower – so mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was just George R. R. Martin language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's That's just so his, his fantasy language essentially. Um, but but in terms of like the what it does in the books, it is yeah. essentially opium. It's right uh, in Game of Thrones. I know that it was offered to Ned Stark after he was injured or something. Um, I think it was o- even offered to Tyrion after he was hit with the axe. During the war oh, yeah. by the sea near yeah, the Red yeah, Keep, yeah. um, but so this is like fun Game of Thrones fan facts. But like every time you see some sort of antagonist being offered milk of the poppy, it is because they're in some sort of peril. But they always deny it. Like there's this trend mm. in his books where they're like, "No, I don't want it," because as an opiate, it will cause them to be like vulnerable, essentially, to their enemies or yeah. to not be like aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go back to actually watch the show or even reread you'll see this trend of them being like they'll be the mace mace maester right maester Maester. (laughs) the maester will be like you need to take some of this to ease the pain and they're like no no i don't want that because like i need to have my wits about me yeah Um, so yeah Uh, i'm recalling now that you're saying that I, i actually didn't pick that up i can't remember who it is now um it's like in the very last season of game of thrones Mm. someone has like remember someone gets like the stone disease it's um jora oh yeah 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 grayscale right yeah he has grayscale yeah. and then he has to get all the scales picked off sam has to do it for him yeah and remember yeah. he does not take milk of the poppy for that yeah 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 he's like i i need to just be aware <laughs> yeah i don't know what the reasoning was like i think he was just yeah. like no i don't need it or something and right. then he just drinks whiskey or some you know whatever the equivalent like a strong alcohol spirit right some other depressant <laughs> yeah i'm like that's still gonna make you vulnerable yeah. and then he just like bites down on the right the wood i think 
I, I, I recall that. I feel like he was in a very safe place, in my yeah. opinion, because he was at he was at Old Town at this point. Yeah, he was at the right? Citadel, like the Old Town, like yeah. where all the, the old maesters he, are, just old yeah. people. <laughs> He's in good good hands with Sam. And so maybe it's just more of like a, a note on the characters, bravery, masculinity, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I do love Jorah. I mean, like, I, I, love, I don't Jorah. Wanna, yeah, love that character. Um, and I think there is a moment... Where it's even offered to Jon Snow at one point because he gets Probably. shot with an arrow or something. I feel Anyways. like I feel like they I feel like the only person although I I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe the only person that maybe did take it or did not take it was Jamie. Like some something after he got his hand cut off. Remember? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, I forgot about that. <laughs> I think. No, he did not take milk of the poppy because yes, remember like his his wound was starting to fester because he had been like yeah. he got they made him drag his hand with with the right. other hand and Cat, he starts to Catelyn fester just, just yeah. dragging oh him God. as a prisoner. Sorry, so bad, so yeah. bad. So it was starting to rot and be nasty and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So once he finally got back to wherever the Lannisters were, the Maester yeah. was like, "Hey, this is gonna hurt because he's gonna basically cauterize it, right?" Right, right, right. And he's just like, "Just fucking do it!" <laughs> right, like, right, yeah. And then he just starts screaming, and then it cuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, now that we're seeing this this trend. And these are all very main characters too, and so very I'm painful like maybe, scenes right. too. So I'm like, actually, this is an interesting comment on like storytelling and story writing and character development and mm-hmm. world building because I'm like, it's definitely a testament to like who these characters become. Like they're, it, right. I almost feel like it's a comment on their integrity too. Of like, this is what I've not brought upon me, but this is what I've suffered. And therefore like, this is me seeing it through yeah. chance. Like there's, um, I don't know if it's problematic that it's definitely a, a, an, a revulsion to weakness. You know what I mean? It's definitely a comment. And like, I am not a weak person. Sure. Um, but it's fantasy. So like, I don't, I, I shouldn't look into it too much, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting, it is, um, storytelling tool it and is. it's very subtle too. It's so subtle that I don't think I would have noticed it unless you specifically researched this and called it out yeah. to me as you just did. And right. to even add on that, when you were saying world building, I think it's very clever on George R. R. Martin's part because it, it kind of it kind of builds a whole culture. Like he's basically mm-hmm. creating a culture within this world that is not real, essentially, right? Right. right. This culture of like you you know how like like when you think of like us, like across the board, like I would say right now, a lot of people are more aware of themselves and seeking out mm-hmm. spirituality or like going to the therapist. Like that's, that's our generation. Whereas like, if mm-hmm. you look to the fifties, it'd be a little bit different, you know, just mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. He is building a world where people repel weakness. And in order mm-hmm. to show your strength, whether it's man mm-hmm. or woman, you maybe don't take milk of the poppy. Maybe that's right. a show of strength in their culture at that time right. in the world of Game of Thrones. And right. he showed that as a consistent trend of mm-hmm. creating that world, which I think is yeah. very cool, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. Right. I also think, um, yeah, I, I think it's also very much 
it's building a world where in their culture, they also recognize the threat of being under the influence of opium, which yep. is also really an interesting thing. It's probably yep. not the most important thing that he's trying to say here in terms of these <laughs> particular characters denying it. But it also it does show like they're all very aware of what being put, you know, having this anesthetic, this this opiate in their body does to them. And they these specific characters are um predominantly they're men but they're men about their wits and they're just Mm -hmm. like you know given my my what their role is essentially position is their role is in the in the kingdom their storyline it would it would make sense for them to deny it yeah but like they they recognize like oh no opiates are like too heavy of a thing you know what i mean like yeah. It's like if someone were like, if you, if, if if it's like in the real world and you were to collapse because of some sort of pain and then, you know, um, EMTs come to you and they do offer you a small, that small dose of fentanyl that, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes they can prescribe on, on your way to the emergency room. It's kind of like that of like, do you, do you want a, a fentanyl lollipop? And then it's your choice of like, no, no, you know, that's too much. I'll never <laughs> like, say yes, no. I'm in, I know. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm in pain, but like, I, you know, I re- I'm recognizing that, that, that makes me feel iffy yeah. and I, I'm uncomfortable with, you know, using that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, the same i guess it is. and then i was i was even gonna add to now it's just become a game of thrones podcast right now we're, but we're talking so, about writing i love it i love yeah. this different direction though yeah. um but i was gonna say uh in addition to that it also shows what i think we're you're also saying is mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier like the the mm-hmm. the atmosphere is so different with House of Dragons versus Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, Absolutely. like, you are constantly needing to watch over your shoulder because you're about to be stabbed right. in the back or you're already being stabbed in the back and you're trying to right. prevent another stabbing from happening in the same right. moment. Right. You're constantly on your toes, which totally is in line with not wanting to take milk of the poppy because you want right. to be as alert as possible. If you're, you'd rather take the brutal pain mm-hmm. than be totally unaware of your surroundings. Right. Whereas in um, House of Dragon, albeit as you said, we are still mm-hmm. only like four or five episodes in. This could change, mm-hmm. but we have not yet seen a character not take it. And I would say that the the mother, she mm-hmm. was not the one saying yes or no. So we don't really right. know if she would have said yes, right, right, to that situation. So it definitely builds a different world of mm-hmm. it, it. House of Dragon seems more peaceful and more merry and things are they've they've been living in this bliss for many many years very different from game of thrones right exactly and that's why i part of me is like kind of excited to be talking about this because obviously we have so much more of house of dragons to come out i don't know how many seasons are gonna drop probably a bunch maybe five who knows i hope so i'm like i'm thinking max five we'll see yeah but like i can't wait to honestly refer back to what we're talking about to yeah. see how, once things go crazy how much exponentially we start hearing the terms like milk of the poppy and like all these other poisons that i'm about to talk 100%. about 100 so oh are you going to talk about more poisons oh yeah oh that okay. was just the start oh okay sorry i was like digging deep because i thought no, that's I know. what we're talking I, about sorry i was I enjoying it. i was letting it roll i was like you know what this is actually becoming really really fascinating conversation okay. like way beyond what i expected i was just going to talk about milk of the poppy and be like this is how it is in the books and the Show. I love it. We're having yeah. a Socratic seminar over here. Yes, we are. We are. Okay, so so that was the inspo for for me wanting to like Lovely. just talk about Game of Thrones and um because there is a wealth of poison as a theme in the books and in the TV series. Yeah. Um the other thing in House of Dragon that came up in its late 
uh, in its fourth episode mm-hmm. is um, Moon Tea. And Moon Tea. Yeah. Is- <laughs> I was hoping you were going to talk about this. Yeah, Moon Tea. Because I think those are the only two, like, I don't know, holistic medicine-y type stuff that's yeah. been brought up so far in House of Dragon. Yeah. But Moon Tea is something that's talked about in the book series as a whole, like, all the way from uh, – all the way from Game of Thrones, which is book one of the Song of Fire and Ice, which is the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moon Tea is fascinating because this is actually quite real. The name itself, again, is totally fabricated by George R.R. R. Martin, okay. but the ingredients in it are all real things. Oh, cool. Um, so I will not say, you know, this is me avoiding spoilers, but you're going to get a little bit of a spoiler based on just like, me talking about these ingredients okay so in moon tea the main ingredients are tansy um yeah tansy so it's also known as tansy tea so tansy um sorry mint wormwood a spoon of honey and a drop of penny royal and apparently like according to the wiki for the books this is um Lisa Aaron, Catelyn Stark's mm-hmm. sister in the Veil, yeah. who talks about this, who like talks about moon tea and what's in it and all that stuff. Got it. Oh, um, cool. And actually, I will I will come back to why she talks about it <laughs> in a little okay. bit. Um, but what I wanted to highlight is specifically Tansy and Pennyroyal. I'll start with Pennyroyal. Like, what are these two things? Because those are the those are the two things that I didn't recognize. Yeah. So I Google searched them. So. Pennyroyal plant is um, is known for being a amenagogue and abortificient. Mm-hmm. And what that means is an amenagogue is something that causes someone to menstruate or start to um, have the pelvis contract and you lose your uterine lining. Mm-hmm. And abortificient mm-hmm. is a such, essentially an, a, something that causes abortions, right? Right. right. Okay, so Pennyroyal... Penny Royal. And this is like a flower or something or a plant? Yeah. So Penny Royal is also known as the mosquito plant. It's a species of flowering plant in the mint family, native to Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East. Interesting. And it does give off a smell that's very similar to spearmint. Mm. And historically, it has been used um, as like if, if women who struggle with regulating their menstrual cycle um, mm. needed like help with regulation or th- or if they even suffer from cystic ovary syndrome, they may choose to drink pennyroyal tea. Interesting. So that's something that is seen across certain cultures. More concentrated versions of the plant, such as the oil that it emits, are much more toxic and will likely force a miscarriage if ingested by a pregnant woman. Interesting. Here's something that's very interesting. Since the U.S. Congress passed the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act in October of 1994... All manufactured forms of pennyroyal in the United States have a carried warning label against its use by pregnant women. But pennyroyal is not regulated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. So what that says to me is that pennyroyal is something that is accessible to us, but it's just not. It's like a A supplement. Yeah. Yeah. Or can be seen as a herbal medicine or a yeah. supplement medicine. That said, understand that pennyroyal is toxic. I mean, it, it does cause like. Anything that's causing you to ultimately 
shed your uterine lining right. or cause abortion. Right. There's going to be toxicity to it. Yeah. So pennyroyal is toxic to humans and has differing. It does have differing effects dependent on the volume and the concentration ingested. Mm. Um, so whether that's a tea or an oil, again, it's probably like how much you steep it or sure. the amount of oil you ingest. Um, symptoms that may persist after ingesting a small dose that's less than 10 milliliters Ooh. of pennyroyal oil is nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, and dizziness. Larger volumes may result in multi-organ failure that oh. could lead to death. So, like, just, you know, it's it's very fascinating because yeah. this, this is something that, like, has been in use, I think, for a very long time medicinally. And, yeah. like, it's it's not something that's unknown per se, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think if you were really into natural medicines, you would know about pennyroyal. Yeah. Um, but because I, I don't want to, you know, given the state of the U.S. in terms of post-Roe v. Wade, I don't yeah. want to give information out that might cause people to be like, well, right. I'm learning about pennyroyal and like, hmm, what is, you know, let's learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, learn about it, but understand that there is a threat of toxicity. Yep. So, okay. The other um, ingredient in moon tea was is tansy. Tansy is a flowering plant that's part of the aster family. Um, aster family, think daisies and sunflowers, mm-hmm. those type of flowers. And it is native to Eurasia. Okay. Use of the tansy for medicinal purposes dates back all the way to ancient Greece. It was used to treat a wide number of things. So this is this is more of a plant that I think is just like a catch-all. Like it, it is... It was used at, as an abortifacient in the dark ages, but overall, like it was used for to treat intestinal worms, to treat parasites, rheumatism, digestive problems, measles, <laughs> like a whole bunch of stuff. Classic. Um, yeah, it's also used as an insect repellent and and, and was commonly used um, in embalmings in the 1800s. Um, oh. So that's pretty interesting. Like to to keep to keep like the critters and the creepy crawlies away <laughs> off your dead ones once they go underground. Like people oh. would have, yeah, people would put like wreaths made of tansy oh. over like their deceased necks. Oh, it's So that like they would not be like dug up oh my by God. bugs. Yeah. Um, and what's, yeah, what's interesting about tansy is I think if anything, it has a bigger impact in being a repellent for insects and for um, fighting parasites. Because okay. I did see something say, like, it's very specifically toxic to arthropods. Mm. Yeah. So those are the primary abortifacients mm-hmm. within moon tea. Okay. So that is something that came up. And then the so reason why in the world of Game of Thrones, um, Lisa Aaron is the one to, or is it Lysa? It's probably Lysa. Lysa. Whatever. Yeah. Catelyn <laughs> Stark's sister yeah. in the veil that was like breastfeeding her older child, which is whatever, you know. This is now in sex education. <laughs> I, I know. He's so good at sex education. What is that actor's name? We should I look don't that up even later. know. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, but the reason why she knew about moon tea is because she was forced to drink moon tea because she had become pregnant with Peter Baelish's bastard child oh yeah and so i think it was something like her father made her abort it or something like that <laughs> i forgot about so all that's that. just like right that's just fun game of thrones lore right there Damn. peter baelish is aka little finger mm-hmm. and um as we get into poisons what a better 
you know, what's a better segue than this? Another very famous poison in the books and in the show is Tears of Lease. That's L-Y-S. And I did actually look up the pronunciation. Yeah. Lease. L-Y-S. And Tears of Lease is the poison that starts the events of the original Game of Thrones series. And if you recall, what starts the events of Game of Thrones is the Hand of the King, mm-hmm. that king at the time, Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. The hand is Lord John Aaron, who is Liza's husband. He dies, and it's remember he dies, and they think it's an assassination, and, That's and right. they think that the Lannisters, like Lisa Aaron, is like Catelyn. I think he was killed by Cersei Lannister. That's remember right. That? That's right. But as we find out, big spoiler, <laughs> as we find out in season four or five, Lisa Aaron conspired with Littlefinger, aka Peter Baelish. And actually poisoned her own husband, right. John Aaron, with Tears of Lease. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about Tears of Lease because that was like the start of it all. That. Yeah. Yeah. So in the world of Game of Thrones, what is Tears of Lease? Okay. Tears of Lease is completely fictional. It does not exist in the real world, though it has a lot of properties that are similar to poisons that do exist in the real mm-hmm. world. According to the lore... Tears of Lease is a rare and expensive poison made by the alchemists of Lease, which is one of the free cities in Essos. If you're not so familiar with the geography of Game of Thrones, there's (laughs) Westeros, where the Seven Kingdoms are, primary characters are, and then Essos is across the Jade Sea, the Narrow Straits or whatever it's called. The Narrow Sea, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like the other continent, essentially. (laughs) That's the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, that's the UN. Free city. Freedom. Freedom, bitches. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It is clear, tasteless, odorless, and leaves no trace. Mm. Um, When dissolved in liquids and swallowed, the poison eats away at the stomach and bowels of the victim and appears to be a disease with the organs, giving the victim a powerful purgative, if done early enough, maybe the only thing that can save their life. But even that may not be enough. I just read that straight from Wikipedia, uh, Game of Thrones Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So yeah, if you're ever wondering, like, what what was that poison again that like killed John Aaron or like whatever yeah. started the whole thing? Tears of Lees. Okay, that's Moving like forward. that's like a thallium situation. I feel like it is. It is very much. Except it, it like it fucks up your guts yeah, instead. That's a little yeah. different or unique. A little to different. This. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next very famous poison is the strangler. Can you guess? Yeah. Can you guess who who got the strangler? <laughs> oh, our sweet King Joffrey. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did you know that? Or like, did you know that? And you just had a really good educated guess or like, no, I was like waiting for you. I was like, when you start talking about poisons or well, as soon as you said that it's not, we're not just mm-hmm. talking about milk of the poppy. My mind yeah. went directly to the moon tea and mm-hmm. Joffrey's poisoning. Yes. That, those yes. were like the big moments. Yes. An iconic episode in a the glorious series. day. As, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Everyone was like, just so elated. <laughs> um, if you recall the scene. Do you have, like, you know, recall his face? Oh, yeah. Okay. And all yes. of that. Like, does that give you any hints as to why it's called the Strangler? Um. Well, he was choking. So he was obviously yes. choking um, on whatever it was. He was drinking his wine. And then he started right. choking. And then his face and his lips turned blue. And then, Perfect. like, yeah. he had, like, his – well, I don't know. Continue. <laughs> 
no, no, no. I mean, you keep describing it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> keep going. But yes, that's so like it is called the strangler because of essentially what happens to the victim's countenance when they start to be poisoned, um, you know, get the symptoms of it is that when you ingest the strangler, you do choke. And of course, your face is going to turn purple, which happens to be the same color as the poison itself. So in the world of Game of Thrones, this is this is a quote from Oberyn Martell. Because mm-hmm. he's like known to be a poisoner or whatever, but like it's he was just chosen as narrator essentially for like yeah. a, a little like bonus featurette on the Game of Thrones episodes series. Yeah. So anyway, um, this is a quote: "It goes dissolved in wine, it makes the muscles of a man's throat clench tighter than any fist. The victim's face turns purple as the little crystal seed from which his death was grown, and so they call it the strangler." Okay, so the strangler is a another rare and extremely deadly poison, which kills swiftly by making a person who has ingested it unable to breathe. It causes the throat to swell shut, and to the untrained eye, its effects may confuse with a severe choking fit, though it also causes blood to leak out of bodily orifices such as the mouth, eyes, even through the skin's pores. The effects are almost instantaneous after being ingested. The poison is dealt in the form of amethyst-colored crystals. So the poison itself is like this amethyst-colored crystals. Mm -hmm. If you recall in the show... Oh, man. Oh no, the strangler. <laughs> my, my throat just got so scratchy. Okay, get, get water. <laughs> um, so I just confirmed, I did a little Google search. So the way that the poison got from Sansa's necklace, so correct, Elena did give Sansa this amethyst necklace as a gift, which contained the poison in question, the strangler. And then during the, I think it was like his birthday feast or whatever, some celebration, right? Um, Joffrey basically, I mean, Elena. I think it was the wedding. Oh, it's their wedding? They were getting married. Yeah. Pretty oh, yeah, sure yeah. it was Sansa and Joffrey's wedding. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not Sansa and Joffrey's wedding. It's it's Joffrey and Marjorie's wedding. Oh, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Which is why Olena was you like, right. you think I would let you marry that beast? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so she basically, like, through sleight of hand, grabs the amethyst from her neck and drops it into uh. the wine. And then Tyrion is the one that pours one, although he has no idea of what's going on, right? He's also right. like horrified at what's going on. Right. But that's right. how he gets in prison. I don't know what happens gotcha. after that, but yeah, yeah. that's what goes down. That's what's happening. <laughs> Glorious. I know day. that the what's a detail that I'm not sure if it made it into the ser- the episodes, but it is in the book. And I only know this because I read the Wikipedia on the poison. Yeah. <clears throat> But the other reason why Tyrion is suspected is because someone um, was called as a witness, essentially paid to come forward as a witness to say like, oh, I did see Tyrion kind of lingering. Oh, my God, my cat. <laughs> he's just stretching. Oh, wait, he's going to. Um. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hi. He, there was someone who like witnessed Tyrion within the poison library of a certain maester mm-hmm. and they're like oh i noticed that i think it's actually the maester that is the one who's <laughs> that the witness maester yeah but they, they were like yeah i noticed that Tyrion kind of lingered near my poisons and he might have mm-hmm. like pulled tears of lease they thought it was the tears of lease that he used even though the symptoms were entirely different so it didn't pan out 
yeah. in the trial using that information. What a terrible maester. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, my God. So, gosh, this makes me want to watch, like, the early seasons Dude, of Game of Thrones. I think I'm going yeah. to. I started watching yeah. the first season after all of the House of Dragons was done. I was like, I need yeah, something. Yeah. I, need, I still need a fix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Just a little more lore on the Strangler and how it's, you know, how it is very well known or, or it's how it's inf- infamous. Mm-hmm within the world of Game of Thrones. The Strangler is known to the Maesters of the Citadel in Old Town, the Shadowbinders of Asai, the Alchemist of Lys, and the Faceless Men of Bravos. Yeah. Um, it is made from the leaves of a plant found specifically in the Jade Sea of Essos, thus making it rare, mm. which is then pickled in jars and mixed with herbs from the Summer Islands. The leaves are subsequently discarded while the remaining liquid is allowed to crystallize, turning a deep blue color. It is known by different names to each of the different groups that use it in different mm-hmm. countries, but the maesters of the Citadel know it as the Strangler. Okay. So, yeah. Love like, it. George R. R. Martin putting in, like, effort to just... I know. ...create poisons in this world. So cool. <laughs> it's literally a whole world he's built. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, I've got two more. Two more. Okay. okay. One of which is not in the books at all. So that will be my last one. Okay. okay. It, is, it is strictly in the, the show. Okay. okay. The next one is the Manticore. Do you remember what the Manticore is? No, it sounds familiar, though. You'll have to remind yeah. me. So the Manticore is not necessarily a poison in and of itself. The Manticore is a venomous insect from Essos. Mm. So do you remember, like, there's there's many attempts at assassinations on Daenerys. Right. When she's, like, still a child, essentially, in yeah. Essos. Just, just escaped to Essos. Mm-hmm. Um the manticore shows up pretty early and it's like this very iridescent kind of like green like green shelled scorpion looking thing yeah that like comes and like scuttles to attack her but yeah, then one that. of her guards like kills it yeah so <clears throat> the manticore is a very popular um poison that george R. R. martin employs throughout the books they're said to live on the jungle-filled islands of the Jade Sea between Karth and Distance Asai. Mm-hmm. Manticores are physically similar to scorpions, but can grow almost as large as a lobster, which would be horrifying. Because <laughs> um, if you if you just Google search Google Mr. Manticore, they're like pretty scary they're looking. They're big, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they possess six legs and a larger stinger tail, which curves up over mm. the body and hangs over the head. They have a series of threatening-looking spines on each body segment, running up the sides of the body and the tail. Yeah. Their most recognizable features are the designs on the plates of their bodies, particularly the marking on the final plate of their tails, which resembles a human face. Oh, um, so it almost looks like a skull on their yeah. body. Because of this design, they are also sometimes referred to as the Death's Head Manticore. The other thing that most viewers of the show will remember in terms of manticores is manticore venom is what Oberyn Martell puts on his spear right before he duels the mountain. So that's why this is a famous poison. Got it. At least in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manticore venom is extremely lethal, and even a single sting is usually more than enough to kill a person. 
Hmm. Extracted manticore venom is one of the most potent poisons used by the world's assassins. One usage is to coat bladed weapons, as Oberyn did. Oh, okay. This is like a fun extra fact. I think this was more specifically in the book. When treating the mountain, or, you know, his proper name is Gregor Clegane, Kyburn, who is Cersei's personal maester, remember, like, he's, like, the skinnier maester in the yeah, black. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He theorizes that Oberyn, you know, did coat his blade with manticore venom, but because he had extensive knowledge of the poison, he specifically added a clotting agent to the manticore venom so that it would slow it would slow its progress through the mountain's veins and towards the heart, therefore dragging out Gregor's agony oh, after he was cut. Damn. Yeah, so I thought that was a really cool fact because we know how Oberyn dies, and Oberyn dies a very quick and painful death. So it is kind of like very satisfying to know that he thought way in advance of like, yeah. I'm going to – I'll probably die. Yeah. But I will – he will not go down easily, and he's going to suffer when he goes yeah. down. Yeah. And we we forget why he's even fighting, and I believe it's going back to Joffrey's poisoning because he's fighting on behalf of Tyrion. That's right. So I honestly forgot cir- that. <laughs> full circle. Good wow. recall. I forgot. Full circle yeah. poison moments. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, here's an extra. Yeah, this is another fun thing. They they think or you know whoever is analyzing the book or the episode or whatever they wrote this also explains why Oberyn didn't finish off Gregor when he had the chance because I think there is a moment that in the book in the even in the episode it might have been reflected that like Oberyn could have had you know the advantage like he's a very yeah. skilled spearsman he's lith he's not bulky I mean the mountain is incredibly fast for his size right we knew that but like it almost seemed like Oberyn could come out on top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's a theory that like he purposely didn't finish Gregor off because he already knew like he will ultimately die. Little did he know that Kyburn is freaking Frankenstein Dude, for <laughs> so, real. Um, damn it. And so like um, they think that he never intended to give him the mercy of a quick death. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun stuff about the Manticore. I would highly suggest you look up photos of it because it is kind of like scary looking. The last poison which again is not mentioned in the books, is the Mm -hmm. long farewell. And then based on the name, Mm -hmm. do you have any ideas what it might be referring to? Or what scenes in the show it's referring to? The long farewell. I have no idea. I was about to say the scene where uh, they thought the, like, King's Landing was supposed to be taken over, and then Cersei is like, locked up with all the other women and she's about to take the poison but then oh, yeah. her dad saves the day but those are tears of lease i think is okay. what she's about to take gotcha okay so i don't know what i wasn't sure my my was. guess oh my guess for that scene since you just brought it up i thought she was gonna just take a big dose of mil- milk of poppy but maybe oh, i'm maybe. wrong probably, yeah i'm not sure yeah I i'm not know. sure um <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> the long farewell is the poison that is used to kill Marcella Baratheon, aka Cersei and Jamie's incest baby daughter in the show. Oh, Do you remember yeah. that? So remember, she is planned to be betrothed to God, what is his name? Prince Martell, essentially. He's like the from Dorne, right? Yeah, yeah. He, Oberyn Martell's 
nephew. Oh, yeah. yeah. The kiss. The ki- Yeah. And as they're departing from Dorne, Jamie's with her. The, the prince that oh. she's going to get married is with them. Um, so they're bad. departing Dorne, going back to King's Landing. <clears throat> and Oberyn's lady... One of the Sand Sisters. I forgot her name. Oh, no, I'm not doing her justice. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, look it up. Uh, I should have had this in my notes. Alaria? It's not Alaria. Alaria Sand? No. Yeah, Alaria. I, I think so. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Alaria Sand, right before they depart on the boat, um, she gives Marcella a kiss. And Marcella obviously is, like, very confused by this. It almost yeah. seems like a kind gesture in many ways, right? right? We're like, oh, okay, like, she, she's obviously going to be betrothed to Alaria's – it's not Alaria's own son. It's it's just, like, one of her own people, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, maybe mm-hmm. things are good. Things are going well. Um, we know Joffrey's already been assassinated. Marcella and Tommen are the only two that are still in existence <laughs> for yeah. Cersei and Jamie's children yeah. um and then as they're on the boat jamie is literally about to tell her of her tell marcella about her um that he's her dad oh, so <laughs> that he's the dad <laughs> um and then she but before, before he can say anything she starts to like emit blood out of her mouth or something she starts so to like sad. die yeah and it is because alaria had put the long farewell on her lips, coated her lips with it, and transferred it over to Marcella. And within the TV version, the long farewell is the only poison that has an antidote. But again, I'm like, does that does that matter? Because I guess, obviously, there is a distinction between the world building in the TV version and the world building in the books. Yeah. Part of me is always going to lean towards the books as like, I feel like as co- this is the core material, like yeah. this is the source material. So, so why would it even matter if there's an, there's an antidote here? Anyway, long story short, it is used to assassinate Marcella and it is used by Cersei in vengeance of Marcella's death. She uses it on, I, I don't know how they got there, but she captures Ilaria and one of her daughters, one of the Sands sisters, like the Sand Vipers, yeah. whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. And she imprisons them. Yeah. And she, to get vengeance on Alaria, she does the same thing. She, it's assumed she's, t- she takes an antidote beforehand, then she coats her lips, kisses yeah. the daughter that's imprisoned in like a cell next to Alaria. And Cersei tells Alaria, like, you have to watch your daughter decay Oof. and Oof. you will be imprisoned and watch her body rot sort so of thing. Horrible. And yeah. Ugh. Damn. Damn. <laughs> I forgot how cruel this world is. Cru- yeah. It's so cool. I, that's why. Yeah. I, I think if listener, if you also have been watching um, house of the dragon and you've been like kind of thinking back on game of thrones I, I wonder if we're all in the same boat because I agree with you. Like, there's there's even memes like King Viserys of in House of the Dragon. There's like memes being like, he's the best king out of the whole Game of Thrones universe. He's opposed to child marriage. He's opposed to war. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's he's like an actually very peaceful and like balanced king queen yeah or like, like ruler. you know gender yeah, yeah like uh, you know the throne is genderless essentially Correct. um very progressive very um 
And so it is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And this is 600 years prior to Game of Thrones, right? 500 or 600, I forget. No, no. Uh, I mean, (laughs) less. Less. From what I recall, it's only 172 years before Daenerys is born. Okay. Oh, before Daenerys. Okay. Then I think it's... Before Daenerys. I think I saw, like, it's 300... Okay, never mind. Keep going. Well, because... (laughs) It's all good. I mean, it could be different from the books. I just remember in the opening episode of House of Dragon, this takes place 172 years before Daenerys Targaryen. Is alive, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I know we talked about this in our text messages, but I was like, maybe this Mm. truly is a time where it's, like, peaceful. There's integrity in the court and how the the royal system works there's integrity in the law like blah 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 right. obviously daemon targaryen is a loose cannon there's always going to be loose cannons but it just seems so less controversial and like shocking than yeah. game of thrones well, you know i'm it, like i don't i don't think i've seen anything that's totally blown my mind yet it no. just seems like kind of like problems within the house right which yeah. i guess is the whole point of house of dragons so and it's very quieted behind closed doors. Like, let's not make mm-hmm. a fuss. Let's not, like, scream, like, air out our dirty laundry. Let's really keep right. it behind closed doors. But it's right. kind of hilarious because uh, Damon Targaryen is the black sheep in this world. Yeah. Whereas he would have fit in quite nicely oh. in Game of Thrones. He, he and Jaime Lannister would have been oh. best buds. Dude, for <laughs> real. And that might be yeah. a spoiler, but, you know, watch right. it. Watch it. <laughs> um Yeah. Um, I have some confirmation that it's supposed to be 200 years before the start of Game of Thrones. I think that'll be different from, like, Daenerys being born. So there's, like, some time in between. Yeah. Probably Mm -hmm. right before Baratheon's rebellion. Robert's rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I think, from what I understand, again, I did not read the books, but I read the synopsis. What I understand is that, like, Mm -hmm. what's to come from this House of Dragons series is setting up for the fall of House Targaryen, right? Right. Um, for the the rebellion to happen, for all that crazy stuff to happen in Game of Thrones. So yeah, which I'm yeah. very excited for. It's yeah. gonna be good. So that is it. <laughs> and there's a part of me that's like, we've talked about this before. I am interested in doing like little special features on you know uh, poisons in fiction or like no yeah and you know what i mean um i was just thinking actually i was like while you were talking this through i was like i we just dave and i just watched a a movie of harry potter watched like the second film and i'm like i'm trying to think i'm like of course there'll be poisons in harry potter's or like remedies i was like we should just do one of that or i should do one of that rather this could be our halloween october you know, oh, maybe. dude! Yeah. Yes, I'm excited for that. We're gonna do our October series, so we're gonna take yeah. a break from poisons or not, depending. Or not. Uh, have some spooky fun time. It's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, that's it. That's it. No, that was so fun, dude. I had a good time. Yeah. That was not quick, and I didn't mind it. We had a good conversation. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I was trying to just. I was like, I'm just gonna list them, and then I was like, Whoa, there's a lot more to this. <laughs> It was a nice walk down memory it. lane. Yeah, that was yeah. so fun. I'm glad you decided to go down this path. It feels very creative and different yeah. and enjoyable. So yeah. thanks, Megan. Uh, let's get into antidotes then. Okay. I already said one antidote, which is a TV show, Bad Sisters. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you another TV show that has been really 
fun for me. And I think you'll like this too. I think you have Amazon Prime, so you can probably watch this, Megan. Um, maybe you've already heard of this show. It's called The Other Ones. The The no. Other One. Yeah, yeah. It's called The Other One. I'm hey. I'm la- I'm sl- lacking on my Amazon Prime. I do have Amazon Prime, but I have not checked out their content in a while. Okay. And they do put out good content. I'm, yeah, I'm sleeping on them a bit. Yeah. It, it's kind of like sporadic, I will say, which is why I think you maybe have not been on there in a while. But uh, anyways, so the other one, I found it again, like while I was traveling, but it's so funny. It's a British comedy series. It's primarily, it's an all women cast, basically. But Mm -hmm. the premise is basically this very posh British family, classically just a mom, a dad, and one child, you know, (laughs) Um, uh, very well-to-do family. Anyways, so it's the father's birthday and everyone's throwing a surprise party for him. The father comes home. He dies of a heart attack from like the Mm -hmm. surprise. Mm -hmm. And then at the, the next scene is they're at the funeral and they realize at the funeral that he has had a whole other family for like 30 Mm -hmm. years. So- this other family just consists of the mistress and their daughter, right. and right. they are like total opposites. They are right. not well to do. They're just like a little yeah. bit like I don't even know how to explain it. Yes, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know enough <laughs> British terminology to sure, explain sure, sure. it. But they're just total opposites, right? Yeah, and it's hilarious because the daughter's name, like the actual daughter's name, is Catherine, and then okay. they find out the daughter of the. The other family, her name is Catherine. There's like no, oh my god, <laughs> like there's no uh, creativity whatsoever for this yeah. other family. Long story right. short, they are a mismatch. Like they, but they try to reconcile and like become a like a mismatched family together. But it is so freaking funny, so good. Yeah, um, I highly that's recommend. So it's a good, it's a good belly laugh for sure. Yeah. So that's on Amazon Prime. It's called the. It's other called one. the other one. Yeah, and they just came out with their season oh, two, okay. so you've got two seasons to binge. Okay, fun. <laughs> I guess, I, yeah, I, my antidote, I will – God, I am burping and coughing and all these things. No oh, my worries. gosh. Okay. Expelling. Expelling that antidote. demon. <laughs> <laughs> my antidote is also television. Um a show that I used to watch like on YouTube years mm. ago has dropped on Netflix. It's so called cool. Bee and Puppy Cat. Have you seen that? No. Like advertised no. you on Netflix? No. Okay. It's a cartoon. Like not okay. not a surprise. You know I love cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> But Bee and Puppy Cat was something that was like a big web series before Netflix ever became like a huge streaming giant or anything. Like it mm-hmm. was it was literally funded by like the artists and crowdsource like it was it was um i remember it being finding its funding off kickstarter and then they would drop little like seven minute episodes on youtube and it was the cutest thing and i even bought was it me that bought it (laughs) no i i forget if i bought it or if a friend bought it but my sister has like a puppy cat plushie and if you squeeze its ear it makes like its little like sounds um (laughs) if you want to go and look at but what Puppy cat actually sounds like you should definitely go search that. Um, But it's very cute. And so it was such a surprise and delight to see that it's essentially the that this dropped in 2013 years ago Mm -hmm. and Netflix decided to buy it, repackage it, all the original episodes and drop it on Netflix. And it just feels so nostalgic. Like I remember watching it in college. Yeah, it feels so nostalgic and so soothing. Like I worked while just having it play on my monitor next to me because it's all Lovely. like pastels. Right. And there's 
And like even the cadence of the voice acting is kind of like you can tell it's a little bit rough around the edges because it sure. was a, again originally like a crowd funded <laughs> series. Yeah, but it, there's just something so like pleasant and meditative about it, and Lovely. you know I love cute stuff that has cats in it. So um, that was just a pleasant surprise. And if you just want something peaceful to put yeah. on that's soothing to the eyes, and you like cartoons, yeah, being puppy cat is the way to go. That is such a creative name. First of, yeah. first of all, I love that. Yeah, that's cat. so cool. It's that's so, so cool. That, like, good for them for growing and getting that off the ground to Netflix. That's so cool. That's my antidote. And one <laughs> right, <laughs> very cool. Okay, Megan, you want to take us on out then? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's so many. I know. So there's many so many poisons. Um, don't risk it. For that house, house of Targaryen biscuit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Best outro <Such> exit <laughs> ever. But I hope we don't get sued and copyright. 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 We're, we're okay. We'll pause it now. Bye. <laughs>